Welcome to another edition of The Power of Words with me, your host, Kevin Treasure, author of The Power of Words and Winner's Mentality. Our aim is to help people win in life through the power of their words. You are born to win. Welcome to another edition of The Power of Words, The Winner's Mentality with me, your host, Pastor Kevin Treasure, a.k.a. The Winner's Mentality, helping you win with your words. And today, I just want to help someone out today because I believe that you will either rise or fall to the level of your confession. Amen. You'll possess what you confess. you got to be careful what you speak. I've been doing an intensive study since 2007. Well, from the time I fell in love with the Word of God when I got saved. Amen. The Word of God is just has enveloped my life amen i live sleep eat breathe the word amen the bible says it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway amen we've got to hide the word in our heart but it's like in 2007 the lord blew up mark 11 23 and 24 amen the bible says have faith in god i say unto you if you shall say unto me mountain hence and be removed and be cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart but believe that those things that you sayeth shall come to pass you shall have whatsoever you saith amen so there's power in the words that we speak amen as we know proverbs 18 20, 21 says death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof amen but today i want to talk about framing your future with your tongue people don't realize that we literally frame we can frame our future by the power of the words that we speak Amen. And there's many scriptures and proverbs and many scriptures through Genesis to Revelation about the power of words and the power that people speak and what they said and what can happen when we speak. But today I want to take a closer look at the children of Israel. Yep, the children of Israel. And when you say, well, Pastor Kevin, what do you mean you can frame your future with your tongue? Well, Proverbs says that we are snared by the words of our mouths. How are we snared? Though? The Bible says we're trapped by the words of our mouth so what we say can trap us and ensnare us so we can say some things i mean there are people i know that they've said i didn't want to come to work today so say oh boss (coughs) i'm not feeling well today i feel sick and they wasn't sick they just didn't want to go to work they yes they lied these people are not christians i hope there's no christians doing that so um so yeah they said they're sick and then a few days later they what happens they become sick why because they've been speaking it that's what i mean confessing that's what i'm believing there's some people that just speak constantly negative negative and wonder why positive things don't happen in their life no the bible says we are snared by the words of our mouth and i want to talk about the children of israel today how they ensnared their life by the words that they spoke Amen. So we're going into Numbers. Numbers 13 is a very powerful scripture. Everybody, you know it well, you may know it well. The Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, said, Send man, each man, send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Every man out of each tribe, amen, you shall send a man. Everyone a ruler among them. So he wasn't just sending out the little man, he was sending out the rulers of each tribe amen these are heads of tribe these were men the men experienced men so we have to realize that he wasn't just sending out just any and anybody he was sending out experienced men and the bible says in verse let's go to 20 so when they went to the land wherever it was he said so see what the land is amen whether it be fat or lean whether there be wood therein be of good courage bring the fruit of the land now the time was the time of first ripe grapes. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin and Tereob as the men came to Hamath. And they ascended to the south and came to Hebron 
were Ahaman and Shishal and Tanmiah, and the children of Anak were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came unto the brook of Eshkol and cut down thence a branch, one cluster of grapes, and they bear it between two upon a staff. That's a big bunch of grapes. And they brought of the pomegranates and the figs. And the place was called the brook of Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes, which the children of Israel cut down thence. And they returned from searching the land after 40 days. So we know that, amen, the Bible says he had brought them out with miracles, signs and wonders. They had been in Egypt for 400 years. That's a long time to say the least but God brought them out of bondage and he brought them out with miracles signs and wonders if nobody knew that God loved them amen after being a slave and seeing all the signs miracles wonders killing all the firstborn in Egypt coming out with silver and gold amen crossing the Red Sea supernaturally and then see it close behind me on my enemies wiping out my debt thereof if I didn't believe God loved me then there's a serious problem with my brain but anyway God brought them out amen and he said listen I want you to to bring the people into the promised land it was not supposed to take them 40 years but let's see where the problem was god sent them to spite the land and listen god wasn't sending them out to spite the land to prove that he was right he just wanted them to see what was in store for them sometimes god will let you see what is in store for you but he wants to see your reaction will you believe god i don't know what you are facing out there but god is saying will you believe me if I show you that I'm going to bring you into a land, I'm going to bring you into the promises, I'm going to grant you the heart's desire, you're going to do what I've called you to do, amen? And the Bible says, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is working within us. And some of us are looking at our dreams and God said, I've got so much bigger for you, I've got so much greater for you, amen? More than you can even ask or even imagine, you want to do what's mine you and God wants to do a thousand times more. So he he brings them to land and says just go and spot the land and when the men returned from spinite canaan they brought back a cluster of grapes so big they had to carry it between two men now the grapes that i buy in the supermarket i carried them in my hands but these must have been some giant grapes because there were some giants in the land so everything was big so you got to remember see where god is bringing you god is bringing you to a place of bigness a, a place of greatness amen a place of more than enough if there's giants in the land there must be giant food amen so god they always put this in the back god has good things in store for you they brought back some pomegranates and figs and they remarked and they said the lord is right indeed it does flow with milk and honey and this was the fruit thereof however the bible says 10 of the spies brought back what god called was a negative report the bible says nevertheless he said 27 and they told him that we came unto the land whither thou sent us and surely it flows of milk and honey and this is the fruit of it nevertheless the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities were walled and very great and moreover we saw the children of Anak there the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea by the coast of Judah and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said let us go up at once straight away and possess it for we are well able to overcome it but the men that went up with him said we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we and they brought up 
an evil report of the land which they had searched out unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up of its inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw are men of great stature. And there we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight grasshoppers, and so were and so we were in their sight. So ends the reading of the word. So you've got 12 men are gone up. Two believe God and 10 don't. You've got to be careful of the people that you place in charge. These were leaders that Moses sent out. These weren't just ordinary men. These were leaders that they sent out. But the 10 men that they brought up, they all saw the same thing. But two believed differently from the 10. This is why you can go to church and some people go to church and say, oh my God, what a fantastic word. The worship was wonderful. And, and oh my God, I just received so much from the Lord. And the next person sitting right next to them say, well, I didn't receive anything from the Lord. I, I don't know what he's talking about. This is such a rubbish service. I'm not coming back to this church. Why? They saw something different. They heard something different. They had a different viewpoint. They looked through life through different lenses. Ten looked through the eyes of fear but two look through the eyes of faith and unfortunately in this situation the bible says that the 10 overruled the two and these 10 men affected a whole congregation of people you see 10 looked at the problem but two saw the solution 10 saw what might happen two saw what could happen 10 focused on the giant but two focused on god Ten looked at their their ability. I'm going to say it again. Ten looked at their ability, but two trusted in God's ability. The Bible says that these ten men brought back such a negative report. In 14 says, all the children, the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Would God that we had died in the wilderness? And wherefore has the Lord brought us into the land to fall by the sword, that all and our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? Listen to this. So of all the miracles and the signs that God had delivered them up, amen, given them a covenant in his blood, amen, and sent the angel of the Lord to wipe out the firstborn of all their enemies, even Pharaoh's firstborn, who they revered as a God. And God is just showing them that I am the true and living God. Of all the miracles, of all the signs, of all the provision and bringing them out, they still thought that God had a negative plan for their life. And we've got to be careful, even us in Christianity, when we go through hard times, when we go through difficulties, we have to remember that God has a good plan for our life. Sometimes the bills are high and the gas bill is high and the electricity bill is high and petrol is high and the rent is high and the mortgage can't be paid. And we go through all these situations, all these problems, and then we get the devil try to whisper in our ears, oh, when you wasn't saved, you had money and you could have done this and you'd do that. And he comes to whisper in your ears, don't let him whisper in your ears don't let him lie to you do not believe the lies of the enemy the bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and i want to let you know listen a day out there with the devil was never better than a minute out here with the lord amen someone encourage someone the enemy will lie to us 
he was so deception he will try to come amen and tell us that listen things ain't going good and you should turn back give up the devil is a lie you stay with the lord god has a good plan of your life god wants you to believe him all god is looking for is people that will believe him i'm going to say that again all god is looking for is people that will trust him people that will take him at his word all god is looking for is believers from Genesis to Revelation, the people that moved God's heart were those with faith. The Bible says in Hebrews, without faith is impossible to please God. And he that comes to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But on the flip side of that, God hates unbelief. God cannot deal with unbelief. He cannot work with unbelief. When Jesus walked the earth... The Bible said when he went to his hometown, the Bible says he it didn't say he would not. He said he could not do any great miracles there except for a few little healings. He said he could not. You see, unbelief blocks the pipeline of faith. Unbelief blocks the pipeline and the working of miracles. Where you've got unbelief, things do not take place. Things cannot take place. The Bible says in the book of Luke that Jesus was one day and the Pharisees and the doctors of the law were sitting by and the power of the Lord was present to heal. Oh my God, just that scripture. I feel the anointing of God. He said the power of the Lord was present to heal. But the Bible says none of those people in the room got that power, got that healing, got that deliverance. None of them. Do you know who got the deliverance? Do you know who got the healing? you know who experienced God's miracle working power? Someone on the outside trying to get in. So all the people that are on the inside where Jesus was present and the power of the Lord was present to heal. All those people in there did not experience God's miracle working power. Why? Because unbelief. Why? Because they didn't believe and receive that he was the son of the living God. And someone with enough faith said, listen to me, if we can't get in, we're going to go and buy the roof. We're going to dig up the roof. We're going to get our brother in and Jesus is going to heal him. And the Bible says, and Jesus seeing their faith, it says, son, your sins have been forgiven. That is the most important thing. He forgave his sins. And he said that you may know that the son of God has power Amen. To forgive sins, I say unto the sick of a palsy, arise and be healed. That man was not only forgiven, but he was healed in Jesus' name. Why? Because he had some people that believed the way God wants us to believe. We've got to believe God in the face of adversity, in the face of giants. Now, we may not see physical giants, but we're seeing giants in our finances. We may be seeing giants on our job, giants in our business. Amen. Giants that come against your ministry, giants in this world that are coming against our christian moral standards amen that are saying one thing and going totally against the word of god amen and things trying to creep into the church that is not in line with sound doctrine amen and these are giants that we face but we like caleb we are well able to take them amen god's word stands forever god is looking for some caleb's that dog type spirit some joshua generation that will stand up for righteousness and say we are well able amen the lord is with us we are well able the Bible says, and these men affected them to the point where the Bible says, let us get captains. He said, and they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. God chose a man to bring them out. God chose a man. Now these people want to choose a man to bring them back into bondage. Can you believe this? With all what they had seen and they want to return back to bondage. They want to return back to slavery. The Bible says that Moses 
and Aaron fell on their faces. Anytime there's a problem in the congregation, a good leader will fall on their face. He fell on their face. Like, I can't believe with what we've been through, with the miracles and the signs and the wonders, with God's presence and God's holy laws being given to you. Why do you want to do this? And Joshua and Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, amen, which were of them that searched out the land, they rent their clothes in disgust and like, how can you be thinking like this? How can you be saying like this? And they spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land that we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. So listen to this. The ten agreed that the land that they went to search at is surely. Bible says surely. Listen, they agreed on this. That surely it flows with milk and honey. So they believe part of God's promise, but then they did not believe that God had given it to them. They believed that the, the land was flowing. They believed part of God's promise. They believed that, yes, they saw that it flowed with milk and honey. But they didn't believe they were able to take on the giants. And there are some people in Christendom. Yes, they believe that God can save them. But they don't believe that God can heal them. I want to let you know if you're going to believe God's promises, believe all his promises. They are yea in amen. Some people believe that, yes, God wants to um, bring them to heaven. And they don't believe that God can deliver them. Some will believe that the names are written in the Lamb's book of life, but they don't believe that God wants to prosper them. I tell you that God wants to save you, heal you, deliver you, and prosper you, and bless you. Amen? Nothing missing, nothing broken. That's the promise in his word. With persecution, let's balance it out. Amen? The Bible says, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but God wants to bless you in your persecution. He wants to bless you in what you go through. He wants to know that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And the Bible says in verse 8 that Caleb got the people together and he said, If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Joshua and Caleb were the only two out of the 12 spies who believed that they could take on the giants and possess the land. Joshua and Caleb made it quite clear that they could possess the land and they gave seven reasons. They said, one, the land is exceedingly good. Not just very good, but exceedingly good, like Mr. Kipling. Two, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land. I want to let you know, it's not by might, it's not by power. What God is about to do in your life, it's not going to take effort. Amen. God is going to do it. God is going to bring you to that place where he wants you. God is going to bring you into that job. God is going to bring you to that business. God is going to bring you into that place of ministry. God is going to bring, he's going to make your name great. Amen. If the Lord delights in us, and trust me, he does delight in you. I want to let you know he delights over you. Bible said he sings over you. He delights in you. Verse 3, do not rebel against the Lord. Listen, whatever you do, Joshua and Caleb said, please, whatever we do, let's not rebel against this unseen God that has sown his glory in Egypt. We've seen what he's done to Egyptians. We don't want to be on that side of God. Amen. We see what God does to his enemies. So let's not rebel against God. Let's do what he tells us to do. do for, number four, don't fear the people. Amen. Fear is crippling. Fear has messed up and destroyed many people. Joshua and Caleb said, do not fear the people. Amen. He said, five, their protection was gone. So now they're defenseless. Joshua and Caleb are giving them this rundown of why they're supposed to go up immediately and take their possession. You see, I believe God has many us possessions for God's people, but some of us are holding back. We're holding back. God is saying, I've given you the land. God is saying to many of us, I've given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. 
I was saying to the Lord, and the Lord said, Kevin, I've given you everything that you need. I've written a couple of books, and he said, I've given you everything you need. Some people are struggling with the nine to five, and the Bible said, a man's gift shall make room for him. And some of you got gifts inside of you. Some of you can sing, you can write. Some of you write stories, amen. Some of you are gifted even with doing hair, or you're gifted with writing. You're, you're gifted with so many things. You're good with maths. You're good with numbers, accountancy. Some of you are good with debating. Some of you are supposed to be politicians. And trust me, this world needs more Christian politicians, men of and women of moral standards and integrity. Amen. Some of you, God has given you everything and we're still in that nine to five. And God is saying, I need you to break out from the norm and step out of the boat. And trust me, God is saying to people, if you just trust me, I can do exceedingly abundantly. If you just trust me, if you just step out of the boat and use what I have given you, but do not fear. Fear has crippled many people's destiny and many people's future. Fear has stopped many people from going into the great things and the good things of God. Fear. He said, do not fear the people. Five, sorry, five. Their protection was gone and they were defenseless. Six, the Lord is with us. Just in this verses here, Numbers 14, 6 to 9. Joshua and Caleb are given the whole rundown. These seven points. The line is exceedingly good. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land. Do not rebel against the Lord. Don't fear the people. Their protection was gone. They're now defenseless. Six, the Lord is with us. The Lord is with you. If God has given you a promise, I need to remind you, the Lord is with you. Amen. The Lord is with you. Who never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord is with you. Amen. That dream, that vision that is placed in your belly, it shall come to pass. All you need to do is just obey him. Don't rebel against him. The Lord is with you. So seven, so do not fear. But the people flatly refused to believe the positive report. The 10 leaders managed to infect 2.5 million people with fear and unbelief to an extent that the people had the intention of stoning Joshua and Caleb for confessing what was right. Now to say that God was displeased is an understatement. The Bible says that there was about to stone Joshua and Caleb and the Bible says the glory of the Lord fell and Moses and Aaron got on their face and God is like, how long shall I bear these people? How long shall I put up with them? He's like, get them out of the way. I just want to destroy them. I'll start again. And the Bible says, as Moses is a good leader and a good intercessor, as always, he stands in the gap. He said, God, pardon these people, I beseech thee. Pardon them according to the greatness of your mercy. So God is telling him about his character. Remember, you're a merciful God. You're a great God, but you're also a merciful God. Pardon these people. And the Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word, Moses, because you stand in the gap. And this is why we need more intercessors, amen. We need intercessors. We need people that know how to get hold of God and not let him go like Israel, amen, and like Jacob and struggling and struggling with him, say, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. We need some people that will contend with God in prayer. We need some people like Abraham will stand before God when he's getting ready to destroy the Sodoms, amen, and say, God, if you give me about five people, seven, ten people, 15 people, 20 people, if there be about, about five, ten people, listen, will you destroy the land? We need some people that will intercede to seed amen the bible says i sought for someone to stand in the gap in the time of isaiah but he said that there was none but so we need some people in this time to stand in the gap for our young people stand in the gap for nations stand in the gap for ministries for leaders we need some people that will stand in the gap amen and cry aloud and spare not like moses who stood in the gap from wiping out the children of israel 
But he said, as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. You see, God wants to get the glory out of our life. Anytime God tells you to do something, always think God wants to get the glory. Amen. And we need to live our lives in such a way, but God must get the glory. I've got it as a screensaver on my phone. It's funny that this should come out. I've got a screensaver that says, how can God get the glory? God must get the glory out of our life in everything that we do. Everything that we go through, God must get the glory. How can God get the glory out of this? How can God get the glory out of my marriage? How can he get the glory out of this situation? How can he get the glory? God, I need you to get the glory. I'm handing this situation over to you. My finances, my children, amen. This area of the ministry, I'm handing it over to you. Where you have me to preach, what you'll have me to do, how you'll have me to affect my generation, in what area, in what sphere of life, whether it be in education, whether it be in science, in media, I want you to get the glory. I know you have called me for such a time as this, but how can you get the glory? God must get the glory out of our life. If God is not going to get the glory out of my life, it's not worth me breathing another minute. God must get the glory. And you must have that same desire that God gets the glory out of every area of your life. Jesus Christ must get the glory. I'm going to say it again. Jesus Christ must get the glory out of your life. And the Bible says, because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt in the wilderness. He's saying because of this you saw my glory. You saw all the things that I've done in the miracles which I did in Egypt in the wilderness. And have tempted me now these ten times. Not just once, not just twice. And have not hearkened to my voice. He said surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him. You see, winners have another spirit, amen. He said that only Caleb, yes, Caleb and Joshua, but God knew in the fullness of time that Joshua was going to be the one to lead the people and take them over. But he said only those two from this generation, out of a whole generation of people that came out of the wilderness, came out of bondage, only two this is millions of people only two saw the promise of God so when I look at that equation and I see how many people God has brought out of sin brought out of bondage our names are in the Lamb's book of life amen God has a good plan for us in this life in this life what is the percentage of people that really go on and do what God has called them to do it's something that we need to pause and think about and really ask ourselves out of all the people that say that they are Christians amen that name the name of Christ how many of us really get to turn the world upside down how many of us leave a mark in our generation how many of us touch the lives of millions and bring thousands and hundreds of millions of people into the kingdom of God how many really can affect their generation in the way that we're supposed to. Thank you for tuning to the Power of Words, the Winner's Mentality. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. Check out our website, kevintreasure.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You are born to win.